It's so critical to understand that real changes take time and that then the choices become, okay, here's where I want to be in a year, right? So like, maybe you have somebody help you map out some big picture things about that, but it's like, you literally can only start with one step, one step, but you move one step in the right direction and then you keep going. perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of Real Everything. I'm here each week to dive deeper into how we can find happiness and health inside and out through self-love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be our best selves. Before we get started, a reminder This podcast is for general educational purposes and is not intended to diagnose, advise, or treat any physical or mental illness. And while Tiffany is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, she is not yours. So we always recommend that you see a licensed health professional accordingly. Friends, this time of year, people consider their habits and often come up with a resolution for change. But statistically, and you've heard me talk about this before if you've been around annually, Most resolutions don't make it until even the end of February. So today we're talking about something backed by science as the most effective way to implement long-lasting change, which is to create sustainable habits. And to do that, we welcome Tiffany Caglin, who focuses on helping people make the lifestyle, mindset, and nutritional changes that heal from brain fog and anxiety to inflammation, her expertise crosses the gamut. And Tiffany is a certified FDNP, as I mentioned, but also a board-certified holistic health practitioner and yoga teacher. She is an experienced executive leader and transformational coach who has a passion for helping others thrive by guiding them to shift their mindset, take action towards goals, and embrace self-care. An explorer at heart, with a never-ending curiosity for learning new things, she is constantly expanding her education and has received additional training in topics I am excited to explore today. Neutrogenomics, which is DNA testing, hair tissue mineral analysis, bioenergetics, and hypnotherapy board certified, as well as quantum biology and biophysics, which I don't even know what that means, (laughs) but I'm so excited you're here to explain it to us. Tiffany, welcome to The Whole View. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work? Yeah, well, we won't go into that nerdy stuff yet. <laughs> Let's just talk high level. Yeah, so just a little bit about my background. I My journey to where I am now started actually in my teen years when I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which is an autoimmune disease. I was getting ready to go into college at that point, got pretty critically ill, really. It seemed out of the blue. In hindsight, I don't, I can look back and see that there was pattern forming, but it seemed out of the blue at the time. And this was in the 90s and there really wasn't any other sort of explanation or alternative or any path to managing that disease other than medications. And that was what I thought I was facing for life. That's what they told me I was facing for life, medication, surgeries. So that was actually... Looking back, that's really where it started because at that point, out of my own personal need, I started to ask questions and wonder, 
about the human body. I started to eat whole foods and started to notice that there was a connection between whole food and how my body was feeling. But it wasn't enough. I still had to stay on meds and just kept exploring at that point. Then in 2014, 2004, 2004, I found out I was expecting my son and I had to come off of my Crohn's medication. So that really was a turning point for me because I no longer had the medication keeping things calm. And I really had to take seriously understanding other ways to try to keep the pain levels down. Um, I had a lot of swelling and inflammation in my joints that I was dealing with during pregnancy. And somebody recommended I try yoga. So yoga really wasn't I think maybe in some big cities it was popular, but it wasn't a thing people were really talking about a lot. I didn't even know what it was. Somebody said, do yoga. And I was like, what's that? (laughs) I don't know what that is. And so I got like a DVD and I started doing yoga in my living room, mostly to just manage. Like I said, I was having a lot of swelling in my joints and a lot of pain because of being off of the medication. And it helped a little bit with my physical body. But actually, the biggest impact was on my anxiety and stress. So I started to notice after some time with yoga that I was less reactive. I had always been this kind of very, very driven person, very type A, very go, push my body hard. Everything was very like, I wasn't very kind to myself in any way, actually. (laughs) And yoga started to soften that. When that happened mentally, emotionally, my body calmed down and I was having less flares, less pain, less joint swelling. Last kind of bit of this story where I'm at now is that in 2019, after 10 years of being in remission, I had a very bad sudden flare of my Crohn's. I was on a plane on the way to Costa Rica to lead a yoga retreat and like got on the plane, felt okay. By the time I landed in San Jose, Costa Rica, I like was critically ill. So over the journey of that flight, the the autoimmune flared really bad. And I had to actually leave Costa Rica, go back to Syracuse and go in the hospital. At that point, I was facing all the things again, medication, the whole thing started again. And that was the moment that I was like, no, enough is enough. My intuition, my whole life has told me that my body can heal I've just only been like half in it, half-heartedly trying this and that, but just trying to like get by and not really dive deep into this like healing journey. And I just was like, it's now or never. Like if I don't commit to healing, this is what my life's going to look like. It's like maybe some time in between flares, but massive issues down the road because of medication. And I'm just going to keep cycling through this pattern and I didn't want it anymore. And I just really believed that it didn't have to be that way. So I knew about functional medicine. I knew at that point, this this is 2019, people are talking about this stuff. There's a lot more information out there. And I decided to go all in on that approach and start to look at root causes, really deep hidden stuff, understand below the surface. I was dealing with things all on the surface, actually, is what I realized below the surface, what, it, what is happening that created the conditions for all of this stuff to manifest. And through a functional medicine lens, I started to uncover, which we, I'm 
sure we'll talk about in detail, but I started to uncover all of the things in my body and one at a time address them. And then combined with what I had learned from yoga, so the, the mindset, the mental health side, the emotions, the spiritual component, then I was able to marry that with the biologic component and understand what was going on in the body. And, and then healed. But, and now that's what I do. I work with people one-on-one and I create a customized program for them. And whatever symptoms they're coming with, we work to get to healing on the other side. So that's where I'm at this point. It was a personal journey that turned into like my passion for helping others. I think that there's a lot of people who will resonate with your story. Most of listeners have autoimmune conditions as I do. And I think it's great that you have found something that's currently working for you. But I also want to just like temper a little bit of what you said, because sometimes you can be doing everything right. You can be doing the yoga and reducing the stress and working on the lifestyle stuff. And you have a flare like you had after 10 years in remission. And that doesn't mean that someone is a failure if they need help or they kind of refigure things in their life because life changes, stress happens, whatever it might be. You could, like a lot of people have experienced flares from COVID because COVID is so inflammatory that it can spark the immune system to the autoimmune flares in different sort of ways. And getting the flu or different things could do that. And so while I hear you say that the body wants to heal, and I agree with that, I want to also give a little bit of grace and permission for people to say, just because you're doing all the things that we're going to talk about or have talked about previously on shows, and if you still need medication to feel your best, like there is no shame in that really ultimately what we want is for someone to feel good to feel as best that they can. And I am sure that's what you meant intentionally, but I just feel like there is so much pressure in the wellness community that comes from this idea of everything is bio-individual and therefore if something bad is happening, it's your fault and you need to do something different. And while I think that lifestyle-wise, there's a lot of things we can tweak at some point, it's also way more than that, right? There's You do DNA studying, so I know that like genetics, epigenetics, all these kinds of things, what we've been exposed to, right? Like no one would say just because you've had exposure to um, radiation, you just need to eat cleaner and your body will heal itself. That's not going to work. And so the same kind of thing goes with the toxins and different things that we're exposed to throughout our whole life or that our parents were exposed to that's in our DNA and all that kind of stuff. So I'm excited to dig into those kinds of things a little bit deeper just because I think I have a higher expectation of listeners. I think that they're um, quite familiar with a lot of the other type of work that it sounds like you've been doing for a long time and have helped you along on your journey. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with you. That was why, like, that whole period of time I mentioned that I was still on medication is because I think that's actually part of the problem. Like, you identified one of my peeves, in all honesty, in the wellness community, which is that there's all this dogma and really extreme views on, I don't know, people are really polarized. It's like Western medicine versus Eastern medicine, and there's this, like, 
battle between them. And it's like, absolutely not. Like, I think what we're missing is this middle ground where, as you said, like the point is that you should continue to move towards the life that you want. I don't, the one thing I do feel passionately about is people not giving away their power. So like, for example, in the labeling of diseases, that's fine. It's helpful to have a name for something. But what I experienced and what I see happen with people is that then they identify with that. Oh, I am that or that is me. And it's like, well, no, that's not. That's a thing that you're managing and dealing with. That's a stressor in your life for various reasons, like you said. But it's not your fault. You, you're not there. You didn't do anything wrong. You're not broken. You're not broken. But like there is a sometimes it's like they take that power away from you. Like, well, you're not in control. There's nothing you can do. And it's like, no, I'm actually in control in terms of how I respond to it. Do I choose to do a combination of medication and natural therapies or one or the other or neither? Like people all have that choice. But I think that's actually the most important part is to understand that like as much as you want to explore and go down a path is available for you depending on what you want. And it's continuous. As you said, there's always going to be disruptions. Like you don't health and where you arrive isn't it's not like you powerboat like there it is and you like take this straight line and then you arrive and you're like did it <laughs> like I'm there and everything's going to be fine for the rest of my life no that's not how it works because right stressors that we can't control happen covid deaths in the family whatever I don't know things happen and then it your system is responding to that what I think is like so powerful though is if you start to collect these tools and tricks, know your own body, and then you feel like you have a degree of control of how to like come back to center. It's not, you so perfectly identified it. You're not going to prevent, you have no control over so many things in life. But then what do you do with that point? Do you just say like, well, it's not in my control. There's nothing I can do about it. Or do you say like, okay, I have some ideas. And here's how I come back to like center. This happened. It's out of my control. I didn't do anything wrong. Life is life. It's very lifey. <laughs> but what do I need to do to bring myself back to feeling good? What are the tools? Whatever that is. Medication, alternative therapy, yoga, whatever. There's a plethora. I also just don't think there's one path to healing. I don't believe that. This podcast is sponsored by Every Plate, America's best value meal kit. Their meals are 50% cheaper than your average fast casual meal. So ditch the takeout and save money while still enjoying fresh, satisfying meals. Make the sustainable choice this December. Every Plate offsets 100% of their delivery emissions and their meals have a 31% lower carbon footprint on average than supermarket meals of the same portion. Plus, nearly all packaging materials are curbside recyclable in most areas in the U.S. I sincerely cannot believe what a huge difference using meal kits has made for our family. I specifically no longer carry the mental load and burden of meal planning, which I cannot even tell you. Such a game changer. We choose our meals online and the kids all have a night to cook and it is magical. The instructions are easy to follow. The food is fresh and delicious. And sincerely, we would not be eating it if the flavors didn't taste good. 
We're able to find plenty that meet our family's dietary preferences. And because every plate's priority is to keep prices low, they do not cater to special diets, but we have no problem looking at the ingredients on meal options and choosing ones that will work for us. And adjustments and recipes are so easy since you are personally making the meal. You can swap out spices or whatever you need. With 26 tasty and diverse recipes every week, they are accessible for us all to find ones that work within our budgets. Sincerely, we have paid for our membership. I love that we aren't stressed recycling the same go-to dozen recipes over and over, and we can choose from things like breakfast 24-7, a favorite of the kids, 15 minutes or less, which is great if you're busy and crunched for time this holiday season. Feel-good foods are so comforting. And then, of course, big batch favorites are super convenient. I also want to mention that our family of six makes these meals work with just the four portions that are provided. Usually one of the children isn't home. Um, They're either at work or, you know, out. And the meal feeds the five of us, but you can also add like a side of rice or a bag salad or whatever it is that you want to add if you need to change the portions that are provided, either two or four. I find that there are so many delicious options. You can either add the sides that they offer. They have 25 convenient sides, breakfast items, lunches, snacks, desserts, and more. So If you are looking for like an easy button to save you time this year, I seriously recommend Every Plate because it is so incredibly affordable. You can get a meal for $1.49 plus $1 Steaks for Life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49WholeView. Subscription must be active to qualify and redeem the $1 steak. Get started with Every Plate for just $1.49 $149 per meal plus a dollar stakes for life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49 whole view. Subscriptions must be active to qualify and redeem the $1 stake. And just to like give perspective, that is $110 value. Totally worth checking out. I hope you love it as much as us. My own journey is one that obsessed about nutrition and food and just tweaking for so long that I lost sight of kind of the thing that helped you first, which was yoga and stress and realizing that was triggering your body in different sort of ways. And Mm -hmm. so I try to show a full range because I do really think it depends on who the person is, where they are in their life right? Like usually the thing that you want to do least is the thing that's probably going to make the most difference. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I think especially this time of year as we're considering what types of changes we might want to implement in our life, right? Not that we need to, not that anything is required of us and certainly nothing that doesn't feel sustainable. I think that's the biggest thing when I think about like New Year's resolutions is less around like Let me make this thing that I'm going to hold myself accountable to, that then I'm going to feel like a failure later on when I'm not able to accomplish the 80 different life changes that I determined I was going to make. But more, what is one choice that I can make today, tomorrow, whenever, that helps me feel empowered on a path towards 
being my best self. And so if we consider that, we could do it at any time. But if you're going to implement some of these changes for New Year's, I want to talk about some of the things that are feasible for people and realistic for people and sustainable versus like, I'm going to do all these things, right? Like just choose one one thing to start. But before we do that, I think it's fascinating. We both actually started our careers in corporate America. Um, And whereas I was focused on regulation and contract law, which is why I'm fascinated with that side of health and wellness and the lack of support that government gives towards making sure that things are safe for Americans specifically. You started out as head of people, which other people might know as human resources. I'd love to know how that connection of working with people, right? Like understanding people has allowed you to transition to functional diagnostic and holistic health. Because yeah. as you said, it, it requires some insight, whether it's somebody else's insight or your own insight into some of the things that are going to make that big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of my what my role was, of course, there's a lot, as in any role, like there's a lot of layers to what you're doing. And so there's the really technical human resources, the structure, the stuff. But a larger part of my role was around how people felt in the workplace, how how their interaction with each other, with the company, with the work that they were doing, how that was affecting them. And so a lot of times, so in in my particular role, I worked a lot with leaders of departments. And really what I was starting to see as a pattern was stress and burnout and how much that was affecting productivity, creativity, work enjoyment, people staying. It's like from a company perspective, from a corporate perspective in that role, I was always looking at like turnover, like how satisfied are people? How connected do they feel to the purpose, to each other, to the company? And then I started noticing patterns in terms of, because I did know what was going on with people emotionally in those interactions, whether they were burned out, stressed, that kind of stuff. And then the connection to their physical health. So it was all starting to like, I could see it all as an objective outsider who could see and, all, and often had information. Like I was the only person who had ice, but there was 12 characters and I was the only one who knew all the things going on. <laughs> so I was like birds. I was like up in a, what are those? Like the, oh, the balloon, the hot air balloon. I was like, I was up from this view looking down and going like, oh, okay. So I'm connecting all these dots. And what started to occur to me was that this term burnout was being like tossed around a lot and people were just tired, like actually like really fatigued. And there was physiological and emotional components to that. Now, of course, we all like COVID added up another layer to it, right? Like (laughs) people working from home. But then seeing the difference, so with people who were having to take care of children and work and do, so like back to one of the points we were making, which is that there was no grace. 
people weren't giving themselves grace. Of, it was just like, I'm not doing enough. I'm a failure because I'm not being perfect at everything. And I'm having to homeschool my children and work a career and figure out meals when like, I don't know, maybe you couldn't even like go to the store or get what it all got very complicated. And what was starting to happen physically with people with that level of stress was very obvious to me. Very obvious. And then that leads to like mental burnout. But then people blamed themselves for that too. Well, why can't I just pull out of my funk? Why can't I just, you know, <laughs> like the perception was everyone else has it figured out and I don't. And that's very, um, wow. What a, I mean, it's a lonely place. It just wasn't true. Everybody was, you know, dealing with the same thing. And I just saw that like, we're so hard on ourselves. We're our own biggest critics. And to your point, what I saw people doing was trying to dial in on those specific things you were saying, like it hyper vigilant and focused about food and nutrition and supplements. Like, like, well, what is the supplement? Even in my role, because people knew my interest, they would be like, what supplement should I take for this? And I was like, no, you need to sleep. You need to like shut your computer off. You need fresh air. You need to give yourself a break because you're doing the best you can. <laughs> like, relax. The supplement's not going to fix that. Like, it's coming from, you're creating this, not creating, you're not creating the turmoil, but like, you're not giving yourself enough space to say, it's okay. Like, relieve the pressure for yourself. So yeah, through that role, I was studying functional medicine while I was in that corporate head of people role. But what started to happen was like, mm my passion and interest shifted so much more to helping people feel better in their lives. And yes, that would come through in work and I would help with work plans and paths and that kind of stuff. But like, ultimately, the constant conversations I was having were around like lifestyle, mental health mindset. What are the things that you can do to just, I just wanted people to feel better. I just saw how much suffering there was. And I was like, I don't, I want people to feel better. I, I feel so bad how many people wake up every day and they're just like, they feel trapped and stuck and they don't know what to do. And so they think, well, a promotion's going to do it. I just need to work harder. I need to work longer hours. I need a different role. That's going to fix everything. And I'm like, no, it's gonna, it's gotta come from here right now. So I started to have those conversations with people more and more. That became a larger part of my role. I started offering stuff separately, meditations and counseling hours and these things. And eventually I was like, all right, this is just what I need to do because it's where my heart's at. And as you said, I want to meet people where they're at because everybody's lifestyle is very different. What's realistic for one person and not for the other. I'm always looking for the ways that I can help somebody make the biggest impact, the fastest and the most sustainable so that they can feel better and then be encouraged to like slowly. I'm so aligned with you. I was like nodding the whole time when you were talking about like, don't do 80 things all at once. No, why? Stop it. Pick one thing. One thing that you really yeah. can do. Yeah. I, I call those quick wins, right? You yes. want to yeah, do yeah. something that feels so easy and achievable that you're almost feeling like, oh, that's, can I even claim that as like a change so that you get the lift of, yeah, I did that and it felt good and it felt doable. Okay. I can take on one more thing. It's interesting to me from that corporate perspective, when you were talking, I couldn't help but think about 
how different I feel. And I can I can feel it from your vibe in the way that you talk and all the things that we both were that type A personality sucked into the corporate hog. That's like a terrible cliche phrase, but of that cycle that you talked about of, I just need to do more. I need to like get that promotion and then I'll feel better, right? Like this whole thing that it is impossible when you're on that hamster wheel or you're swimming in that ocean or whatever the analogy is to realize that is a choice. That mindset is not something that everyone has to do. And I feel like that has been one of the biggest shifts in my life is the realization that my belief that my value and my power lie in how somebody else defines success or how somebody else defines productivity and that our culture and society is built upon the idea of financial success and productivity and efficiencies and all these things. Yet those are not the things that make people happy, right? Like we see a higher rate of depression among people who have more or who are living these fast paced lives. There's a reason that a lot of them are abusing drugs and alcohol and these different kinds of things because they're not happy. And so it it sometimes takes an outside coach or whatever. For me, it was almost like a I literally had this like awakening where I was like, wait a minute, I've achieved literally everything that I ever wanted in life. And I'm not happy. Like, why? What is happening to me? I have so much focus on my food and nutrition, yet my autoimmune is not managed. I have all these kinds of things going on. There is something more. And for me, it was stepping out of corporate America. It was becoming a foster parent so that I could feel like I was giving back. I'm big on the idea that giving creates positivity in our own life and and joy and happiness, right? Like stepping outside of yourself in your own personal bubble. And I think that when I think about habits or changes that people can make in their own life towards becoming a better version of themselves, I was fascinated at the idea of things like hypnotherapy and some of the other areas that you explore because we can oftentimes get sucked into this idea of, oh, I just need to like limit and tweak and do more and reduce and and do all these things. And yet, if you're not testing, for example, this the hair tissue mineral analysis that you do. Someone might be like, oh, I have toxic exposure. I need to like make sure that I avoid fish, for example, because I don't want to have any sort of heavy metals. And yet maybe the test shows that you don't have toxicity in your hair, but that you have higher higher inflammation and therefore adding more fish and omega-3s to your life would be beneficial for your brain and your mental health. And sometimes it takes a coach or somebody to actually like run the test and tell you those things instead of getting sucked into the cycle of, oh, nope, that might be a problem. Let me take that out. That might be a problem. Let me take that out.
Today's podcast is brought to you by Lumi. Founded by a female OBGYN, these body products address odor everywhere. Use code WHOLEVIEW for $5 off the starter pack, which is what kiddo uses. In fact, I use my own code to save on a bundle for us. If you want to create new habits for your health this new year, switching to safer personal care is a great one. Who doesn't want to smell better? And if having four teenagers doesn't qualify me to talk about body odors, I don't know what would. My kids have all become frustrated with how most natural deodorants were irritating their skin, but Lumi is both gentle and effective. It is pH-optimized, aluminum-free deodorant that actually works and is safe enough for everywhere. The solid deodorant is great under arms, and even the body wash was helpful, no more irritation. And now even though my kids may anxiously sweat, they feel comfortable that they're not going to be stinky. We've got some you would not believe how bad they are stinky feet up in this house. And I could not believe that Lumi Help fixed the funk even through a hot summer. Road tripping to the beach we're all used to having to crack windows as people take off their shoes, but Lumi made a huge difference. I've actually used Lumi for years myself. I love their unscented cream deodorant and apply it just like lotion anywhere my skin folds. And yes, even on our lady bits, Lumi is a solution for pits, privates, and beyond that lasts a whopping 72 hours. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube, deodorant, and two free products of your choice, like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code WHOLEVIEW at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code WHOLEVIEW. That's L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. I even used my own code at this very website, so I hope it works for you as well. So can you talk a little bit about some of these other areas that you have taken trainings and how that plays into working with people? Yeah. So let's start with the hair tissue mineral analysis because that was such a perfect example to bring up, which is exactly as you said, that sometimes we get, yeah, you can get carried away with all of these things, right? And then you just, you either just add more things. So you're taking 50 million supplements. You don't know why you're taking them because at some point someone said like that would be good for something. And then you're just like taking this stuff. You don't know where one ends and one begins and you don't know what they're doing. And it's just like, but then you're scared to stop taking them and it becomes this whole thing. And the foods you've mentioned, the hypervigilance around foods. And it's like, well, why though? Do you actually know, like, does your body need to limit that? And so the hair tissue mineral analysis, if I could only choose, I do, there's certain diagnostic tests that I love that I use as a baseline. But if you had them, like if I had to choose one, only one, it would be the hair tissue mineral analysis because every process in your body, everything, energy production, repair, literally everything relies on minerals to make it happen. It's the building blocks. It's the foundation. If your minerals are very out, like if the balance is off, it doesn't matter how perfectly you're eating. It doesn't matter which supplements you're taking. It doesn't matter all the things. It's that there's two components, and I'll talk about the other one, bioenergetics, because actually those work hand in hand, the, the hair tissue mineral analysis and the bioenergetics. But that's the foundational building blocks. So you need to know because like, for example, 
I'm just going to use the example of electrolytes, right? Everybody talks about electrolytes. Take them more of them, that <laughs> you can't have enough of them. I'm a fan of them. I had my glass of them today. But I run hair tissue mineral analysis on myself at least twice a year. If you have a pattern for various reasons, there could be different patterns. Like I'll use an example of you could have a calcium shell pattern, which you're not going to know. I don't want any listeners out there going like, oh, I think I might have that. <laughs> no, you don't know. You don't know unless you run a test and somebody tells you you have a calcium shell pattern. But if you have that, which is created as a stress response, actually, the body and its brilliance trying to protect you. Um, it's going to start to pull. So the way that minerals work and vitamins work is synergistically. And so some work together and then some work in opposition. So if you have an abundance of one, that's overabundance, it could be pulling from or disrupting others. And then when those get disrupted, then it creates a cascade and then the body's like, oh, I need to compensate. So their whole pattern starts to get out of whack. And then people are like, but I should take more potassium. Well, maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. Like we need to run a, we need to run a test and see because you could be calcium's another one. Women are told to take calcium like just blindly, just take it. Well, you not necessarily. That's the answer is like, maybe not. You don't necessarily need it. So the hair tissue mineral analysis is really important. In that it's really a talk about those quick wins, balancing your minerals and just giving your body like the basic right ratio of building blocks to work on is massive for impact. That alone. So when I do that test, then we generally come, there's a, like a customized formula that we can make. So it's like, how much potassium do you need, Stacey? Like, how much potassium to magnesium to maybe you need boron and molybdenum, whatever. It just depends. Not forever, but to bring the body back to balance so that it can start to like run properly. I think when that one's missing from diagnostics, you're missing almost everything. And that would tell you actually, to your point about heavy metal toxicity and, you know, that kind of stuff. That on the hair tissue mineral analysis, I can see inflammation on that test. Like I know a lot about what's going on with somebody. And then, you know, it's a matter of like, okay, what tweaks maybe in nutrition, maybe. And then let's take the right mineral balance to like bring the body back to homeostasis. So you're not just chasing your tail. That's the problem, right? Like you're just like, it's like a hamster wheel and you're throwing darts. You're just like, I don't know. I'll hit it eventually. <laughs> it's like, well, you could do that and maybe you're going to get lucky and nail it. But if you could take this test and know precisely, have the actual diagnostic proof of what's, and you know what happens with every one of my clients? Never fails. We do this test. I show them. They are so relieved and they feel so validated that like what they were feeling, like they're like, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy and it's not my fault. I was, run I was doing this, I was doing that, and I still, my fatigue or whatever. And they're like, I was doing all the things. And my doctor said my lab work was fine. And they said there's nothing wrong. And it's just for women, especially, we get so gaslighted. Like, it's like, well, you're just a middle-aged woman. You just have well, to. And it's also piling on stress to be on the hamster wheel and to be throwing mm -hmm. the darts and to be desperate to feel better and not be able to. And We've done a couple of perimenopause and menopause shows 
all of these things change as we go through hormonal shifts, whether we are going through puberty or we're bearing children or for biological women, like going through menopause, all of these things are going to change what our needs are, both nutritionally as well as lifestyle. And for me, to be able to give myself the space to say, none of this is something that I would inherently know. It's entirely different than before the Industrial Revolution, when our bodies would have been naturally exposed to lifestyle things like when the sun is up and when the sun is down and probiotics and more nutrient-rich soil. Like some of these things we do not have control over, we cannot fix. And so giving yourself that grace to not be frantically figuring things out, not only will that help from the perspective of the actual results of what mineral you need, but it also I know personally that my stress level immediately went down when I realized there were things completely outside of my control. Like I did epigenetic testing and was able to be like, oh, that has absolutely nothing to do with me. I did not make a terrible life choice that ruined my health forever. Like, and there are things that when we're children, that when we're babies, like all the things mm-hmm. that we don't have control over. And The other part of the thing that I'm super fascinated by is how that stress and how our lifestyle, our trauma, childhood, the socioeconomic environment in which we are raised all has a bearing on how we process and how we live our lives today and definitely has a huge impact on our health and wellness. And so when I first saw your certifications and all the things like hypnotherapy is one of the things that absolutely was like, hey, I want to have a conversation about that because I absolutely understand and see the benefit as it relates to DNA testing and body tissue and all these things. Totally. I've been doing my own tests with medical professionals or at home tests to make sure that I'm supplementing with the right things for a long time. I'm a huge science nerd. I'm I'm all into it. And yet hypnotherapy to me was woo-woo weirdness for a really long time. Like, okay, sure, eye roll thing. <laughs> but the more that I learn about the brain and how much we do or do not process in our lives throughout different pains and traumas affecting our physical health, the more curious I am on ideas and areas that cross over to help, especially in areas of chronic health conditions, whether it's autoimmune or stress-related or whatever it might be. So I would love to hear what board certified in hypnotherapy means and how this comes into play in your work. Because I can see some applicability, but I'm also still a little bit like, that's, is that real? (laughs) Yeah. No. So there's so much, what I'm like you, I'm actually like a huge science nerd, huge science nerd. And so years ago through yoga, of course, I was practicing and exposed to those practices, right? Like very esoteric meditation. And for thousands of years, people understand the secrets of this stuff. They just do it. They didn't 
They didn't need to know science-based evidence of why it works. It just, it did work over and over again. It worked. So they just did the practice. They understood. The reality of our modern life is science is the common language and we want the proof and we want the evidence. And we're like, that's fine. That's nice and anecdotal. But like, what is it actually doing? And so the beauty of the time that we live in now is that there's so much data. There's so many amazing people who have been following now the brain, looking at what happens during hypnotherapy, looking at what happens. Listen, meditation is self-hypnotherapy, period. So like when you think about hypnotherapy, because I'm the same as you, I was like, hypnotherapy, come on, like, what is that? But I'll tell you why I became interested in it. I'm sure you've heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza. What Dispenza's doing? Like, this is hypnosis, actually. So anyways, that, that's what took me down the rabbit hole of like, actually, what is hypnosis? And all hypnosis is deep relaxation. It's just deep relaxation. It's just getting your brain into the deeper relaxed brain waves so that they can send signals to the body that like aren't being interfered with. So what I mean is like, <laughs> sounds like you understand experience this, like, especially those of us who like live all up here. First of all, we like need all the evidence and the science and the stuff and the practicality. And so you're, there's like a filter, right? You're, there's a layer of like suspicion. Everything has to cross the threshold of doubt. You're analyzing everything. Everything is, there's this like film almost that information has to come through before it goes to the body, right? What you do in hypnosis is you just deeply relax the brain to remove that filter to allow in different ideas. Now, it should be ideas that you want. So I will say it's important that hypnotherapy if you're you can anybody can self-hypnotize everybody can self-hypnotize there's no magic to it it's deep relaxation and let's say like things people would know positive affirmations if you can deeply relax and give yourself positive information affirmations you've just hypnotized yourself that's all it means it doesn't mean you're out of control it doesn't mean that you're fully aware clear and alert that's it but you're going into the subconscious. The subconscious runs 90% of the body. So all you're doing is removing what they call the critical faculty between the conscious and the subconscious. So that the subconscious, which is where all the automatic programming comes from, everything that the subconscious takes on, it will then run as a program in your body. So what you're trying to achieve with hypnotherapy is what is it that I actually want the body to run as a program? My choice, what do I want my body to run as a program? I need to relax and pull that information in so that my body believes it and the subconscious can take over. That's all it is. It's nothing woo, it's nothing. It's genuinely deep relaxation and correct programming to repattern. You can call it different things. You can call it meditation, you can call it whatever. It's, the, it's all the same thing. The only reason there's different techniques of hypnotherapy is because every single person's different. So like what might work for you to get into deep relaxation may be different than me. We all have to figure out there's different ways you can say things. Some people like stories. Some people like images. You mean some those people... people who are up here in our head have a difficult time relaxing and getting <laughs> yeah, into Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, does does is... that make sense? I mean, yeah, it's... no. 
and I love about it. Yeah. I love the idea of calling it meditation in order to access to the subconscious because a different way that I've talked about that very similarly on the show is I love Jay Shetty's work. I love people who talk about meditation in a way other than the way that I classically assumed that it was because there is so much science to support the benefits of meditation yet as someone who is so very in my head I was very resistant to it all the time Mm -hmm. and so being able to say oh I can do breathing exercises and that could put me into that relaxed state is all that means I could stare up at a fan and kind of dissociate a little bit and get into that state right like it means something very different to everybody and I'm the person when I take a yoga class and they tell you to close your eyes and, you know, try to like get into a meditative state that I'm like, absolutely not. My rebel personality is like, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to be wildly alert and whatever it is versus getting into some sort of state where you can fully relax and feel safe and whatever that means to you to then do the other thing that I like to talk about, which is remapping neural pathways, right? And so you're calling them positive affirmations. Like that feels very Jay Shetty to me. I like to think also about some of that work as being creating different thought patterns so that when your body is subconsciously reacting to something, like for example, I have a child who is autistic with ADHD with impulse control issues and we're working really hard to remap his immediate response to frustration to not being destructive for himself right like it it's not going to serve him to have a physical reaction whether that's yelling or whether that's slamming something down or whatever it is right like we have to step out of that and we have to move into let me take three deep breaths when I'm feeling frustration and it's not like you can decide one day oh when I'm frustrated and not in control of myself I'm gonna go from this thing to do this thing it takes work to create those patterns and so Recorrecting in those moments is a way to remap the neural pathways where your body decides how it's going to react. But you can also do it in this sort of meditative affirmation type state of an affirmation might be like, when I'm frustrated, I can handle that situation, right? Like I have the capabilities of being able to pause and figure out whatever the problem is. And I think. A lot of us were just not given that space and permission, especially those of us who are millennials, Gen X, and boomers. That is not what was expected of us. That is not how we were parented. That is not how we mapped our reactions, right? We did a lot of pushing down. We did a lot of ignoring. And those kinds of things, I think, are what really build up into whether we're managing our emotions with food or whether we're doing other maladaptive behaviors, creating stress in ourselves to create a lot of the chronic health and other issues that we then see later on because we've literally like pushed our emotions down for so long. We didn't, our parents were the first generations of two working parent households and we had two very stressed, busy households and a lot of us raised ourselves, right, in in these homes. And so 
it feels very like woo for me to say all these things, but I figure we might as well, since we're talking about hypnotherapy, like we have to have space and understanding and grace for ourselves in these things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Final call for Beauty Counter's winter sale, the deepest discounts of the year. It is the perfect way to treat yourself and to help save you money switching to safer for personal care and better beauty. And I've got something special and exclusive for you listeners at realeverything.com slash December. Plus, when you shop at beautycounter.com slash Stacey Toth, you're also supporting my woman-owned small business. Made with sustainable, fair trade, and skin-nourishing ingredients, Beauty Counter is a B Corp focused on people and the planet. It is a little luxury that makes a positive impact on our health for all of our collective communities through legislative change and giving back, as well as for the earth through sustainable manufacturing practices. We're getting safer products into the hands of everyone. Go to beautycounter.com slash Stacey Toth, just like any other website. And when shopping at Beauty Counter, choose me, S-T-A-C-Y-T-O-T-H, so I can thank you. And so what you're talking about, that's what I mean. So the yogis, and it wasn't, it took me all these different ways to, to realize, oh, we're all talking about the same thing. You're talking about it as neural reprogramming and pathways. Hypnotherapy talks about it in a certain way. Yoga for all these years, 20 years of me doing yoga in the yoga text, which thousands of years yogis have been talking about this, they call it sankalpa. And sankalpa is pattern and groove. It's just pattern and groove, the thought patterns. And those have to be re-patterned. And that's actually the whole practice of yoga. People think of yoga as like stretching and flow, and it's basically turned into kind of like CrossFit on a yoga mat. And I don't know, it's like, it's weird. But actually, the whole point of yoga is the whole system is actually to get to that point of like observing the reactions, observing the patterns and saying like, but it comes with a choice of how do I want to react differently? And that's where the power, so back to what I said at the beginning, it's not for me to decide how you should react, but like, how do you want to react? When you envision that situation, how would you want to respond differently? Like, that's what you should. And then it's like, what's the tool, the breath work that, so you were saying staring at a fan. I'll tell you actually, like watching TV can put you into hypnosis. Driving a car can put you into hypnosis. Anything where you stopped the intentional the conscious mind is intentionally, you go into, you're just relaxed and things are happening. That's hypnosis. That's why it's like not a, it's so, it's like not what you think of like on stage and whatever. So you're taught, we're all, it's all, it's just different words for the same thing. What do you want to do differently? And you have to do that repeatedly. You have to practice that. So what I would, like what I do with a responsible. So back to your question about board certified just means that like I've proven that I understand how to responsibly take people through these guided self-hypnosis sessions and that like when I've taken exams and like I understand the ethics and how to do it, which is that it should never actually be what I want for somebody. It's not about me. So if you're my client and you come to me and we're working in like a four-month program, the hypnosis is just a tool that I use if people want it. So like, let's say we're two months in and they're like, I get the, I understand why I should be making X change, but I just repeatedly cannot, I just can't get over this hump. Here's what I want. Here's actually, and so then I say like, okay, what? Well, tell me what ideally your perfect day would look like then. 
What are your actions? Literally get into the, the as much detail as possible. What does it look like? What does it feel like? You wake up in your perfect life or whatever. I'm just coming up with a scenario, but like, what does that look like? The change, the, the behavior you're saying you want to change, you tell me, and then I'm going to write a story about that. I'm going to get you deeply relaxed and I'm just going to tell you your story of what you want. But you're going to be so relaxed that you're going to, actually, it's going to go in. <laughs> and then over time, repetition, the subconscious starts. It's, the subconscious is like a toddler. It needs to be told over and over and over and over again. And then it's like, oh, right, okay. So there's the new neural pathway. You've formed it, you've done it enough times, it forms, and then it just goes on autopilot. And so that's all, that's how I use it. And it's actually only if people want it, if they need it. It's just one of the tools that a lot of people find helpful. But yeah, that's all it is. There's no real, like, there's honestly not a big magic or mystery around it. It's like, you tell me what you want. I'm going to feed you that story in a deeply relaxed state. <laughs> like, your subconscious will take over eventually. So putting all of that aside, because yeah. um, I could talk about, I, I have so many soapbox and tangents and interests in that area, but I do want to create ideas for people to carry forward through this, the rest of the holiday season and New Year's. And if they're thinking about resolutions and I know whether someone is interested themselves or it's coming up from friends, family, social media, commercials, radio, like everywhere in society, TV, all the things. People are going to talk about food and weight loss. And that is just like an overwhelming topic always every New Year's. And I have found over the years that this, the nuance of what we, I know you use this term and I use it, this mindful eating is really difficult to do when we take into account hyper palatability of modern foods and that society obsessed with diet culture, right? It's a hard balance for people to truly find intuitive eating around food when we're getting all these messages, whether it's literal food additives to make food more palatable for us to crave it more than we actually want to crave it, or whether we're getting messages from all of the societal and cultural things around us around food. Even just a diet ad could trigger someone to want to binge eat because it has created a pattern in their life of dis disordered eating and all these kinds of things, right? So for me, one of the things that I wanted to share, and that's not even to mention like all the survival mode burnout we talked about or the suppressed trauma and the neural pathways like if you've chosen to cope with food over a lifetime right like all these things make it impossible to navigate this in a healthy way but you should a really great example from instagram that i want to read because i i think it will really help people and i think if we can talk about this as a way that we can build habits going forward, I think it will help people because we have to decide when we're in that lucid, healthy state and not triggered by all these other things, like what our path is going forward, because then it's impossible to make a decision when we're in those 
places that feel very disorienting or unsafe. So your post says, I think it's safe to say that many people have a bit of a love-hate relationship with the holidays, especially when it comes to food. And I, I don't think there's anyone that would argue with that sentiment. This year, shift your perspective. Try to see the holidays as a fantastic chance to transform your relationship with food and your overall well-being. Here are some ways you say you can make the shift. One, mindful eating. And by that, you define pause to savor each bite. Truly appreciate the flavors. Healthy traditions. Start new holiday traditions that involve physical activity, whether it's a family hike, sledding, a holiday-themed game, or anything that gets everyone moving together and enjoying each other's company. The gift of health. Choose wellness-focused gifts for yourself and your loved ones. I myself bought an Eevee ring. I know everybody loves their aura rings, but I have been waiting years. I have been on Eevee's wait list, and I'm so excited. Not sponsored at all, but I'm so excited. It's a, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a women-specific, it's a women-specific, like, aura ring. It's made to track your cycles and incorporate that into the health results that it's giving you. And so I'm like, I'm super excited about it. And that is, it is a gift that I gave myself this holiday season is the gift of health, right? Some other ideas you say, the bigger picture, remember that the holidays are about so much more than food. They're about connecting with family and friends, sharing love and feeling grateful. And by changing how you view food in the holidays, you can make the season a time of positive transformation Potential setbacks become opportunities to evolve into your healthiest, happiest self now and in years to come. And what I loved about this was that there was, there's no shame, there's no guilt, there's no don't eat that or, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's more like enjoy it, spend time with loved ones, relax and know that there is a bigger picture and that you are capable. You are empowered, right? Like it's this message that you've been talking about. So I'd love to hear how you would take like these kind of recommendations, navigating them into this like toxic culture coming our way with New Year's and turn to some similar healing approaches or ideas when someone instead of facing Thanksgiving meal, for example, how do we take this same approach with New Year's? Mm. Ah, such a good question. I love that you brought this up because this is another one, as you've said, that like, right, it's toxic. It it becomes like, it's just another reason to beat ourselves up. And instead, it's like, you brought up my favorite point, which is that, and this goes back to actually what we were saying, like your body believes what your mind says. So if you're eating food out of guilt and there's all this shame around, don't do this on the holidays and eat before parties and whatever, and you're bad if you do these things, and then you've got to go on a detox and make your New Year's goals and like, ugh, because then your body like is believing you and it's like, oh, I feel awful. This is terrible. <laughs> so right, enjoy it. But then what you do is you say like, okay, so let's say like in this example, you get post-holiday, you've enjoyed it, you've spent time with family, maybe you've made some new traditions, you've given yourself the gift of health. Back to the very beginning of what we said is like pick small, sustainable changes. I could not say that enough. I just had to remind a client this week. He's made significant progress. Inflammation's down. I can see it in his face. He's sleeping better. He's just mental clarity. His mood's better. And all I heard from him was, I haven't done this. I'm not, this isn't good enough. I haven't lost the weight, whatever. Like the things. And I was like, what's the list of the things you've accomplished? 
Like, let's talk about that. Let's keep a reminder in that. And he was like, oh, right. And I said, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. What's the one next thing? One. And, and we talked about it together and I helped him decide like, what's the thing? And so I guess my point is that it's so critical to understand that real changes take time and that then the choices become, okay, here's where I want to be in a year, right? So like, maybe you have somebody help you map out some big picture things about that, but it's like, you literally can only start with one step, one step, but you move one step in the right direction and then you keep going. So in the example of like how you take that into toxic new year, like, and get through that is it's like, in my opinion, I'll tell you like what I advise people is that the best first choice for health is to make a decision to disconnect from all that noise. Like, that's actually the best first decision. Don't you don't have to change your food. You don't have to change your like your New Year's resolution is like you're gonna choose not to actually do that and participate. Because guess what? It's a choice. It's a choice. You're opting into that and you don't have to. You absolutely don't have to. The most empowering thing you can do is go like, I don't even care. Maybe I'm gonna start on January 12th and I'm gonna choose this one thing that I'm doing or <laughs> whatever. Like or maybe I'm going to start on December 30th because at my family thing, I hate this like New Year's Day, something magical is going to happen and the clock's going to turn and then everything is. But I think actually my advice is this year, choose to just disconnect from the nonsense of that and say like, what's the most important thing for me? And so if it's like, I'll give a really specific example. If somebody says to me, like, if I had to prioritize one thing I want to change, I would like to sleep better. Okay. Let's just start with that. But don't worry about all the other stuff then, because then we're just going to focus on that. And then the one thing I want you to do is, which actually helps you disconnect from the noise, is make a commitment to bookend two hours. I'm just going to say two hours, like one hour in the morning, one hour at night. Start small. I will not. My choice is I'm not going to go on social media or my phone for the first hour in the morning and the hour before bed. Done. That's it. That's the only change that you do that and you like see what happens. So you're disconnecting from the toxicity. You're actually, you're affecting your biology back to your point around like we don't get the cues from the sunrise and the sunset. You're starting to shift things biologically actually. And then like you're going to feel better and then it's like time for the next thing. But you can just opt out of it. I think that's what everybody should do for New Year's. Just opt out of the New Year's resolution. <laughs> Let's make that a thing. I love that idea. Spoiler alert. We took you along this whole show to tell you what habits make for New Year's. And the habit is don't have a New Year's resolution. <laughs> no, I 100% agree. And I think for me, the times in my life that I have made the most meaningful change towards my health and wellness, both mental and physical, have never been around New Year's resolution, right? It's because I was motivated in some sort of way in order to be consistent with a habit. I created habits that were sustainable, meaning I was able to keep them up over a long amount of time to see meaningful change. And those are the areas that I think if someone really is looking for change, we have to do those things. So whether it's opting out, whether it's better sleep, whether it's drinking more water, what like whatever it is, ch seriously choose one 
thing and don't be like, okay, well, I'm going to choose better sleep, but then I'm really going to expect for myself that if I'm getting better sleep, then I have an expectation that I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this because I should be doing all of those things if I'm getting better sleep. All of that is like a shame conversation that you're having with yourself that instead of being proud of going to bed on time, you're shaming yourself for not doing these other things. And you cannot, you literally cannot make 47 habits at once. Like it, it is impossible. You can't see Tiffany, but she's shaking her head. Like it, it is the thing you cannot do. So you have to build these things in one at a time. And the thing that I always leave people with on the podcast is something positive, something actionable that they can take forward and, and work in themselves. And you've already answered that, right? Like my question to you is going to be like, what are some simple things that people can do or implement? And you already rolled it out with, here's the thing is don't buy into the noise. And whether it's actively choosing to cut that out, right? Like one of my New Year's resolutions one year was to remove everyone that I was following on social media that didn't bring me joy. And every time I was on social media, I was really intentional with seeing how I felt with every single post or story that was in my feed. And if I didn't feel positive from it, I either unfollowed or I muted. And because there are some people where you're like, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings and unfollow. Okay, fine, mute. Because maybe it's not even something they're doing wrong. Like if I feel less than because somebody else is on a journey that I personally feel envious of or whatever it is, like I don't want to have that feeling. So I'm just not going to watch them for a little bit. And that's going to make me feel better, right? Like, but it wasn't I'm going to do that and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this because it took time and attention and intention for me to be able to do that when I was on social media. And if I had 47 other things to worry about, I wouldn't have been able to really focus on that and to put my intention into it. So I love the idea of choosing one thing. Yeah, go ahead. And then celebrate it. Mm. So and that's the other thing what you're saying when you're doing 47 different things. What are you actually celebrating? It's like what I said about when you're taking 47 million different supplements. How do you even know where one end, one begins? Like when you're doing one thing at a time and you can see the impact, you celebrate your success and you're like, oh, I did that thing. That's me thing. Now I'm ready for the next thing. It's like, it's so powerful. There's a book I would actually recommend on this topic called The Slight Edge. And it talks about the compounding effect of the tiniest, tiniest changes. The habits that are going to make the longest, the biggest impact in the long run are the ones that are the easiest to do and so therefore the easiest not to do because they feel like no big deal. Going to bed at a specific time every night, turning off your phone, not engaging in social media for one hour before bed feels like that's not a big enough change. We feel addicted to like, oh, big changes, big impact. And actually the science is there too around this. The tiniest ones that almost feel like nothing is happening, if you continue those consistently over time, it's a compounding effect. And there's this beautiful story in the book about like two brothers. The dad asks them like, you can get one penny a day for a year that compounds or something. There's some mathematical like, but one penny a day, one penny at a time, or you can get $1 million all at once or something. And of course, where this is going, 
the brother that chooses the one penny a day ends up act, ending up like because of the compounding effect of that ends up like with bazillions of dollars. Like that's the, but that's what happens with these habits. Like you're saying, you pick that one, you master it. It may feel small. It may feel like that doesn't feel big enough, but if you're doing it consistently over time, maybe in three weeks, you're not going to feel the difference. But in a year from now, massive change. And then it is ingrained. And then you don't have to think about it. It's not torture. It's not, you've done it. Move on to something else because you know you can. I love that. I've never heard of that book before, but the concept is one that I'm a big fan of. So I appreciate that. And listeners will put a link in the show notes for you. And I also want to point you to show notes because you can find uh, TiffanyCagwin.com as well as socials, both on Facebook and Instagram under your name, Tiff Cagwin. I think that there was something that you wanted to share with everybody that they could find on your website. Yeah. So if you go on my website, there's a couple of things that it's just the best place to connect with me. If anybody's curious about how I work, I offer free discovery calls. I love to just talk to people, see where they're at, see if I think I can help. So you can book a discovery call right on my website. I'm leading a yoga retreat in Costa Rica in April that has a few more spots if anybody's like, if anybody's New Year's resolution, now I'm going to put that back out there. If your New Year's resolution is, I need to do something for me, <laughs> then go take care of myself for a week. Come join me in Costa Rica for a week. Like, that would be amazing. I do have some free downloads as well. So I have one that's like a product guide. People ask, I get, this is the biggest question I get, like, which kind of deodorant, which kind of red light do you recommend? So I, I have a download of all that. And then there's another one around like how to make some really quick win, easy changes, like without overwhelming yourself, what are like five habits that you can like easily integrate and start to feel better quickly and turn your fatigue around. So all that's on my website. I try to be like really accessible in providing information that helps people because I just want people to like take back their power and feel better. I love that so much. I know who doesn't love free resources, but also being able to tap into some of these insights that people might not be able to find on their own, I know is super valuable. So I really appreciate you sharing those. Again, listeners, that's tiffanycagwin.com and you can find the link in the show notes. And I want to thank you listeners for being here today, if you enjoy the show, you can sign up at patreon.com slash the whole view to get all our shows delivered to your inbox ad free, which is also a really great way to support the show as we create and produce it ourselves. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review saying so. It costs you nothing except just 30 seconds of time. It makes a huge difference in my being able to continue to do this work. And don't forget to follow or subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using. And as always, we appreciate your willingness to be open to grow through your own personal change. No one is perfect, but in listening, learning, and unlearning, we can choose to become better versions of ourselves for ourselves. Tiffany, thank you so much for your time today. And you didn't share with listeners, but you recently had a big move overseas. So we wish you all the best in your new journey and hope that everything goes smoothly for you. Thank you so much. It was so great to be on the show and I appreciate you having me. And yeah, I just really enjoyed this chat. Great. Thank you. And listeners, we'll be back again next week.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.